We wish to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land we are recording on in Perth, Western Australia. The Wadjuk people of the Noongar Nation. We wish to acknowledge their continuing culture. And pay our respects to the Elders past, present and emerging. You're listening to Unscripted, the film show. You can't handle the truth. Man, I'm walking here. I'm walking here. Here's Johnny. You're going to need a bigger boat. I'll have what she's having. Want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? You are listening to Radio Fremantle's uh, Unscripted, the film show. You know, whether it be live on air or, or later <sighs> on on the podcast. Joined by Lewis, who's all red bulled up. <laughs> Cecilia, who wants a red bull. And Rachel, who's probably only had a couple of teaspoons of red bull in her life and probably spat it out. There you go. Isn't I don't know how you drink that I, I, stuff. I, well, to me, it's actually the flavour. And other, by the way, other energy drinks are available. Um, uh, that, that's probably why I spat it out because of the flavour. <laughs> Generic energy drink. I don't. Know, I love. I love the flavour of it. And and the thing is, um, at, around summertime, they brought these like summer flavours. Um, and I, I tried them, and I was like, wow, these are really good. There was like a, a pomegranate one. Ooh, I haven't tried that one. Yeah. I drink the non-sugar, yeah. like the sugar-free one, yeah. which is the one I prefer. But yeah, I quite just enjoy the the cool flavour of it. Mm. I think it, it's almost a placebo. I feel like it is doing something, but it's actually not. Um, oh, it probably is for for like the hour after you've had it, and then you crash afterwards. Which is why, which I'm is why you want another tired, one. Because I had one earlier today yeah. where I, I really need to pace it out a little bit better. Because I, I had three coffees, then a Red Bull. <laughs> so I should have done. I should have spread those out and maybe had my Red Bull on the way here. Yeah. Well, that's what. See, I she's have, got no yeah. issues at all. I, I <laughs> not, not at all. I, I let myself have one Red Bull a week, and that's generally on a Thursday <laughs> before the show. That's his. That's your only joy. Yeah, but the thing is, is every time. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I go on the servo to buy my Red Bull, it's like um, you oh, can yeah. either spend four dollars fifty for one can or five dollars for two. What are you going to do? I'm like, well, I'm going to have to spread the love, so I buy two cans. Of course. Which, which means I'm always ahead of the game because I go and put that other can in the fridge at home. Mm. So now I've got heaps of uh, um, Red Bull in the fridge. So which is it's quite convenient. Good for you. Good yeah. for you. Yeah. This is not a uh, program about reviewing different energy drinks. No. Um, it could be. But. It could be, <laughs> but I, I feel like they must have been on some energy j- drinks writing the uh, the script for um, the unbearable weight of massive talent. Oh, as well as uh, what's the other feel? Everywhere, wait. <laughs> Everything, everywhere, all at once. Two very long-titled and crazy films that we'll be exploring tonight, uh, as well as another film that you've seen. Yes, I saw Happening, which is a French film, which Mm. won um, an award at the Venice Film Festival. Um, I can't remember which award because it's not up in front of me, but I will find those details. Either way... um, it's very, very different to the other two films that are being reviewed tonight. Yeah. So um, should be interesting to see where we go with that. Um, I also watched a Tutankhamen documentary, but it's not um, out at the cinemas for another couple of weeks. So I'll hold on to that one. Um, but, yes, I'm, I'm being very good. I'm writing down everything. Oh, good girl. Like I've got all of and they're divided, so I've got the movies that I've seen and the ones with the little highlighted bits of ones that I quite enjoyed, and you'll mm-hmm. see there's quite a few of them because I'm very um, specific started, with the things that I write. But I stopped ages ago. Oh, really? I sto- I'm really good at the beginning of the year. So I've, I've even got, January, got the TV shows. Feb, April, May, June. Or oh, this could even be last year. 
never mind, this is last year's work. <laughs> I haven't even done this year. Well, I felt after last year of trying madly to figure out what I'd seen that this was probably I needed to go back to writing down notes. But um, I... I happened across this, like I, I love a bit of Netflix. There's some good stuff on there, but there's also a lot of trash. Mm. Um, and I binge watched the home edit. I don't know if you've seen that at all, but it's basically like two chicks who go into people's houses and organise them. And it's like crack. I love watching I it. I do love that kind of stuff, like hoarders where you, yes. you see the end result and uh-huh. the whole time you just want to see the end result. What uh-huh. is it going to look? I do like, love oh that. Oh, my God, that's so beautiful. I do love that kind of stuff. I, I love organisation. Mm. It just it makes me really happy. Um, and then um, I'm like, oh, what else is on here? And there are some tremendously terrible reality shows. One is called Is It Cake? And I can't believe I watched the whole episode. It's like TikTok on Netflix. So, um, you know, it's really entertaining to see a cake on like, you you know, you're flipping through Facebook or whatever Mm. and you're like, wow, that's amazing. It looks like a bowling ball. And then someone chops and you're like, oh, my God, it's a cake. Um, You don't need a whole hour of that or half an hour or however long that episode was. It was terrible, but I still sat and watched it. But there's another one which you'd probably like. Um, it's called Marry or Move On. Ooh. And it's um, hosted by Nick Lachey and his his wife. Sorry, I don't know her name. Nick um, Lachey. Nick Lachey was once married to Jessica Simpson, right? Is yes. that who we're talking about? Okay, got Yes, ya. and then he had another – he hosted another reality show mm. called Blind Love or something. Yeah. Which I think was also on Netflix – where they don't see each other, they go all through all these dates and then oh. they eventually meet. Yeah. But they can only meet if one person proposes. Anyway. Wait, they go on dates, but they don't see each other. No, that's why it's called blind. So what are they? Bli- they're both blindfolded? No, no. So no, they're both blind. Oh, they're both no, blind. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> they put their eyes out. I'm kidding. Out I'm kidding. So they're in two different rooms and there's like a glass thing in between, but you can't see through the glass. And it only, they can only see each other if one of them proposes. So after a whole bunch of dates and talking and blah, blah, blah. Again, didn't watch this. I only know from, I think, watching Gogglebox. I think they watched it on Gogglebox at some point because I love Gogglebox. That's really harsh though because you imagine you go through, you you fall in love with this person, Mm. you think it's all great and then they're just not someone you find physically attractive and then you've got to break it off. That's what rea- people don't go on reality That's TV harsh. shows to find love. They go on it, it to hard. find fame, I, I think. The, I wonder what the suicide rate is in, in a reality <laughs> TV. Far out. That's really depressing. And, and but, I think there are lots of issues with people who have been on reality yeah. TV yeah. shows. Yeah. I think that mm. you ultimately get your 15 minutes, but That's it's all it. downhill from there. Oh, it yeah. It's all downhill from there. But this marry or move on is basically a whole bunch of couples who have given their partners ultimatums. One of them's ready to marry, the other one is like, I'm not ready. So they've given them the ultimatum, well, I'm ready to marry, So, which is a great start of a relationship, isn't it? <laughs> this is how you want to get into a marriage, isn't it? Like By giving the marry ultimatum, me. if you don't marry me, I'm leaving. Yeah. Um, and apparently this is what happened with Nick Lachey and his wife. They they oh. went off, then she said, look, you either marry me or, like, what what's this relationship about? So this... This thing is like that's the ultimatum with all these people. And then they go off, apparently. I didn't watch the first, I didn't finish the first episode because it was so terrible. But then they go off with the other people in the other couples to see what married life would be like with a different person. That's now not how life works, by the way, <laughs> at all. But anyway. That's um, called swinging. 
people watch this stuff, otherwise they wouldn't make it. But um, bizarre. I mean, I clicked on it because I'm like, what is this rubbish? Yeah. And I think I didn't even get 20 minutes in. I was like, wow, I can't. I'm, I feel like my intelligence level is is coming down. I my reality TV show, like the perfect one, is Escape to the Country. <laughs> or because I just love the You're way... You're so English, aren't you? I just you? love it. They walk in, they're like, it's got 16 rooms, but it's not quite enough. It's not what we're looking for. <laughs> um, and it's like, you know, they'll walk in and it's like, oh, unfortunately, the, the bathroom does not have two sinks. We have to share a sink. So, no, thank you. <laughs> so that's why I love it. And then I also love Antiques Roadshow. And I love the fact that when people walk out with something they think is going to be a million bucks... And then they get told it's worth nothing and the crushed look in their face. <laughs> you That's are evil. Reality TV, people. I, I like all of those TV. home house hunters ones where they're like looking at houses in America or oh, international. Americans are so bad. They cannot handle having one sink in the bathroom. They have to have two. Oh, we, it's a deal breaker. We were supposed to have two in the initial like mm. build and I'm like, I don't want to clean two sinks. <laughs> so we've only got one sink in the other section where the sink would be is like a little... Um, you know, it, it, it's got our washing basket mm. in there instead, which is great because where else would I put my washing basket in our bedroom, huh? I where? Don't know, but apparently some people like to have a sink each. They cannot share, particularly in America. Oh, my God. We've got, uh, we've got two, two sinks in our, in our bathroom in the, the, the en suite, um, but we never really use those sinks because uh, we uh, do all of our bathroom stuff in the other bathroom, generally speaking. So you don't wake up the other person. <laughs> yeah. So, yes, yeah. So, so we never really use those sinks. Mm. And, uh, and like, sometimes, like, if I use that, the toilet there, I come out and I use uh, the, the sink that's on the far side. And Kat's like, don't do that. You should use the sink that's closer to the, the, the hand towel. And, and But that's also where... That I, makes sense because otherwise you're dripping water on the floor. Does, yep, I'm, I'm with your cat. Sense. It does make yeah. sense. But I just feel bad for the sink that never gets used. Like, I thing, don't oh, because if you use it, it, you have to clean it. You're still going to clean it even if you don't use it anyway. I know, but it's not going to get all like... It gets dusty. You have a dusty sink. (laughs) (laughs) That's the name of this week's episode. Dusty. The old dusty sink. The old dusty sink. Uh, the old dusty sink. Not that sink. we actually name our episodes. Well, if, if anything if we else start, pops up, if anything else of, of note pops up, we'll, um, we'll write we'll, it down. We'll write it down. Yeah. Um, but we will start talking about movies, I think, in a minute. So um, do, stay with us. Before we do, the reality TV thing. One of my colleagues at work was talking about this show where it was like this... Um, uh, show where they just dump people in these places uh, by themselves. Uh, <laughs> nude? No, no, not nude. No, no, no I'm, getting, uh. I'm getting to that. I'm getting to that. Um, and they, they've got to survive. And he was saying, like, the, these places, like, have coyotes and bears and all this kind of stuff. Yes. And they, they set up these cameras outside their tent and the, you can see the bears and stuff walking up to the tents at night. And I was going... Uh, that reminded me of that uh, the TV show Naked and Afraid, yeah. where you would dump people naked in a place, <laughs> and then they'd have to build their own shelter, and like you know maybe craft some like sort of clothing to wear, um, and uh, yeah, I think they had they could they they, they could find each other as well because there was more than one person. Dumped yes, in a place. there was two, like yeah. uh, and of course male and female. Yeah, yeah, and but the thing I always found with Naked and Afraid was uh, it was they would pixelate out the naughty bits. Mm. I think if you're gonna have a show called Naked and Afraid, go hold. <laughs> Hog. Like, <laughs> yeah. don't be pixelated at the naughty bits because that's what people are tuning in to see. So there, There's all sorts of those terrible things with, with Newt. Isn't there one where they ha- they stand you in front of the person and they, 
they you look at their shins and you're like, oh, yeah, I'm Naked a bit more attraction. interested. I was, I was about to mention <laughs> that. And it keeps yeah. going up until, like, you see their face. <laughs> no, no, they start off, They basically they start at, uh, like, they're fully covered and then the first thing is uh, up to their hips. So oh, so you see their junk you see, first. You see the junk first. <laughs> And then it goes up to their their like clavicle, so you get to see the the right. chest the chesty bits. Yep. Um, and then you get to see their face last. And then at each phase, so like you see the junk, and you can go, oh, I don't like those bits. And then you can like you know, <laughs> evict someone based on their junk. Um, and then you get to the, uh, the the chesty bits, and you can evict someone based on their their, their like you know abdomen and the chest. Mm. Um, then they get to the face, and then you evict someone else. And then you're down to like two people, and you can get to hear them speak. So you could like get to that last point, and they could either be you know dumb as a brick or <laughs> just the worst voice ever. So it's kind of like the exact opposite of that right. reality show you said, where they don't see each other, and it's all going off voice and personality. Mm. This is the exact opposite, where it's just going off what they look like. Can you pick a piece from like? Each person. Well, you're talking like a Frankenstein show where we, we're going to look. We're going to think have that to, might um, be illegal. Yeah, we, we like your head, we like your torso, and we like your bottom bit. So we're just going to have to like chop them all up. And uh, so you end up with three dead people and a Frankenstein uh, monster. So yeah, nice show. I like it. <laughs> yeah, I, like it. I have a feeling you'll get arrested for that. Definitely a different type of reality <laughs> show. And then there was a dating naked show there at some stage, naked. and I'm pretty yeah. sure they didn't pixelate stuff in that. Didn't they? I don't know. Huh. I, I feel never like seen they, any of these shows. I don't know. Anyway, we we will move on to to movies. So yeah, stay with us. So, shall we talk? Do we want to talk about everything, everywhere, all the time? First, is that what it was called? Everything, everywhere, all, all at, at once. once. Yeah, goodness, I'm never going to get it right. All at once. Do we want to talk about that first or the Nicolas Cage film? They're both crazy, so I think. Either way, it's not going to matter. What should we do? I don't mind. Are you ready, Lewis? Yeah, we could have talked about this off air, but... But we didn't. We chose not to. You've been listening to this show long enough. You know that that's not how we do stuff. We we plan on the fly. Um, are you ready? Yeah. Somebody. So, yeah, so... Well, I, I, I <laughs> Anybody. Saw, I saw this... Well, uh, Cecilia, my son, Kat, saw this film uh, a couple of weeks ago. And I'm I'm still trying to come to terms with it. Um, <laughs> oh my Godfather! Yeah. So I'll give you the the synopsis. When an interdimensional rupture unravels realities, an unlikely hero must change her newfound power. Must channel her newfound powers to fight bizarre and bewildering dangers from the multiverse as the fate of the world hangs in the balance. Mm. Now this is really weird that you've got a a multiverse story happening. In the same year as Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness is about to come out, like literally in three weeks' time. They're all just copying Sony's Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, let's be honest. Well, to No, th- I know it's existed in comic books for a really long time but exactly. and, and reality and life and other stuff. But anyway... Yes, yep. but this, is, this film is just uh, pretty darn amazing. Um, it is... Michelle Yeoh is uh, Evelyn Wang... And uh, she is a uh, owner of a laundrette, and uh, her husband um, is this just really nice, but really, I guess uh, I don't know. It just um, he's, he's what blew my mind is I didn't realise this, but he's the kid from Indiana Jones. I, I was just he about to the, say it's the dude from I, Goonies, which, but. Everyone realised, but as what? soon as I saw him, I'm like, "Oh yeah. my god, it's done!" Yeah. I didn't so realise. So is that the kid was what was the kid's name in, in Indiana Jones? Um, 
I don't know. His uh, name is Data in, in Goonies. Right. Um, um, that, he doesn't, short round? Short round, yes. He doesn't look old enough to be that kid. That's just, that's amazing. We're old, guys. Just FYI. And I was, yeah, doing some research and I was like, what? Oh, it's got Jamie Lee Curtis in it. And Stephanie Hsu, who um, plays Joy Wang, she is from uh, the uh, uh, Mrs. Maisel. Mm, yes. Um, yep. And like the so uh, they've got the, they're, they're the family um, mother father daughter, and the they're they're going through some issues because their uh, their laundrette's not you know making as much money as they were hoping. Uh, they've got tax issues. Um, their their father has come uh, to live with them, and yeah, you know, he can be a, a, a bit difficult. Um, doesn't really you know uh, you know uh, respect his daughter or anything like that. Um, so they they end up going to the uh, the um, the tax accountant who was played by Jamie Lee Curtis, and they're trying to sort that out. And it's at that point in time where uh, Wayman um, actually reveals that uh, he, he changes to another Wayman from another reality mm-hmm. that is a lot more confident uh, and um, has very good martial arts skills. Who tells her about reality kind of crashing in on itself because of um, this person who is uh, you know taking over um, different realities, mm. and it's just it's it's nuts. It is just uh, weird because the, um, uh, the they can take on the. The like the powers of people from, uh, or the powers or the intelligence or the skills of people from other realities, but they've got to like do something that's out of ordinary to to like prompt them to be able to change into that that person's skill set. So they're still themselves; they just have access to these other powers. Right. Um, it's very hard to explain. Like you, you can't. It's such. It's, Sounds fun though. It's very convoluted, yeah. isn't it? This oh, whole yeah. multi-universe thing, and it's yeah. This it's super bizarre but yeah and I think that she starts kind of Michelle Yeoh's character Evelyn in the film kind of starts to jump through these universes with these choices that she's making and it's kind of all set really mainly in the IRS office mostly mostly which is that's interesting an interesting place to have (laughs) something set yeah but I I love how we're introduced to the chaos of Evelyn's life right from the get-go in this laundromat because she's preparing for this Chinese New Year as well Mm -hmm. and she's running around and it's just chaos from the beginning the way the camera follows her and her interactions with you know, customers and her family, her daughter, um, you know, things are a little bit rocky with, yeah, her daughter and her husband, Wayman. So I love that kind of initial setup of just chaos right from the get-go. Mm. And then they get to this IRS office and, yeah, she meets this whole new version of um, her husband and she just, I guess the moral of the story is, you know, it's all about choice and how we have the power to make the choices we want and, mm. you know, and I think that, yeah, it, it's quite an ambitious film but really, really fast-paced. It's funny because I'm looking at the um, I'm looking at the director, Dan Kwan, um, and it's also co-directed by someone called Daniel... Um, Schneinert. Schneinert. And I adore the, the pictures they have used um, as oh, yes. on IMDb. It's yep. almost like they're, they've gone to a shopping centre, got yep. some weird backdrop. It's... It's like their school photos. Mm. I love it. And they've even got the same, like, kind of cheesy smile. They're but quite – because they're, they're – I think they're collectively known as the Daniels, so they work together on all their projects. Right, yeah. because because they're both connected to Swiss Army Knife, yes. um, which is uh, – Swiss Army Swiss Man, Army Man yeah. sorry, which was a cray-cray film.
film, uh, which some people loved and some people hated it. It was wacko and I, I quite liked it, which tells me I might like this because it sounds very left of centre. Yeah, they also wrote the film um, and it was produced by Anthony Russo and Joe Russo and oh. you might know them from the Marvel Cinematic Universe because mm. they're the guys who did the Captain America films and also did the Avengers um, and, and Game of Infinity War. Such an epic kind of fusion of science fiction, action and, and comedy. Um, but I love Michelle Yeoh's character, how she goes from being kind of this you know, stuck in a, a world that she doesn't like to being this person that she loves and, yeah, just takes action and she just kicks butt. Um, but I love how bizarre things get. It just gets weirder and weirder as the film goes yes. on. Yes, yeah. It's, there's, um, you get to go and experience some of the other universes, some of the other realities as well. There's, there's one reality in particular where people's hands are not as you would think. Oh, my God. Um, and they, they go, like, they, they have to explain how that, that happened and they go back to the dawn of time. It's oh, just my God. Beautiful. Yeah, oh. it, re- it, it does get a little bit nihilistic in some parts, particularly with that dawn of time mm. stuff. It goes right. It's really bizarre. It kind of, it's a thinker too. Do you think these guys wrote this while they were stoned? Possibly. <laughs> Because it brings out a lot of thoughts. Like there were sounds I, really I, there far were out, man. Genuinely heartfelt and sad. I mm. felt very sad in some parts oh. of this film because it makes you think. Well, I mean, I'm naturally a deep thinker anyway, so I yeah. will naturally ponder on things that are said. But it it takes you to some dark places. This film. Wow, I well. was not expecting that. It's mm. been. Is it getting billed as a science fiction black comedy action? Oh my goodness, that's a mouthful. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's and it's a great film. I mean, as I said, you've got the the, the main characters, uh, the the mother, the father, the daughter, and then you've got like Jamie Lee Curtis's character as the IRS auditor keeps popping up as well. Deidre. Um, <laughs> yeah, but name. it's just it is a phenomenal film that everyone should see, and it's yeah. I I really hope this makes a bundle of money and they make more films like this because it was I love Left of Center, I love Off the Wall, and this was definitely all of that. You've got to love a movie that keeps you thinking. It's mm. been weeks since you guys have seen this and you're still really hooked in, you know? Oh, yeah. I, I, the pacing of it was so insane. It was just the set, like right from the beginning, the setup to Evelyn's life, it, it's just so fast-paced from beginning to end. It slows down a little bit in the third act. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a part in the film that's very confusing where you think the film's <laughs> ended, but it definitely has not ended. So <laughs> oh, don't give that away. No. Well, that doesn't give, <laughs> that tell doesn't me give anything. anything. Yeah. Because there's lots of films I see where I think they're going to end. Oh, my God. And like Licorice Pizza where you're like, yes. when are you going to end? Licorice Pizza. Every, where, where every two it seconds. it kind of slows down. That's yeah. what I mean. Like when films slow down and you go, yep, it's coming to an end. But then they don't slow. Like they but it's not. It, it wasn't as annoying as Licorice Pizza. Oh, gosh. How did that, that even get nominated? So Honestly, I hated long. that movie so much. I know. I'm not Sorry. a fan of that film. But, yeah, it got, it, it got rave reviews. And a lot of people still rave on about that film. I mean, there were good parts to it. But... It was long and that's the kind of film where you think it's going to end now, but it doesn't. It was just all over the place. Mm -hmm. Anyway, moving on. Um, So this is out now, is it? It is out now. The 14th is when it's released and that is today. Today. So what are we scoring this? I am going to give this. What do they call the hands that aren't hands? Just hands? No, we're not going to go there. Like you've got to go and see the film to understand. Oh my goodness! Yeah. Okay. And I'm not going to not going to um, uh, give that the score using the hand. Well, I was uh, going to do that. No. Oh, sorry. No. Uh, I'm going to give it uh, five goggly eyes. Okay. Well, I haven't got anything now because I was going to 
say something else. And I was going to say it right from when I seen it in the film. I was like, that's what I'm going to score it. But now I can't. Because Lewis is saying you're not allowed to. Oh. Hands that I are not I could have hands. said it without making reference to hands, though. But, but now I can't. No, but now, now I can't. Now you screwed it up. It's oh, like... so it's my fault. No, it's no one's Can't you just fault. give it hands without that out, aren't hands? I'm going to score this four and a half rocks. Four and a half rocks. Rocks. I'll just score it rocks. Oh, yeah. Rocks. <laughs> and he's showing um, predominantly at Luna, I probably imagine. No, I think this is a wide release. Wide release? One? Yeah. I, wide have release. Seen, I have seen uh, posters mm. for it around Yeah, place. wide oh, release. Sorry. Very good. Yeah. Nice to hear. And do you know the really nice thing about it is, like, the leads in this film ain't white people. <laughs> no, that's true. Yeah. Squirts of mustard. Oh, nice one, cat. <laughs> oh my god! It was actually. And Siri is now um, telling me how to get a fake combo squirt mustard and ketchup bottle. I guess is a prank. <laughs> Siri There's actually is always a lot in this film that you could use to score, but I've actually forgotten some of it because mm. I remember watching this film. I was like, I'm going to score it that. No, I'm going to score it that. But I've just over time forgotten all the crazy things that you happened could, in this you, film. You could score it um, uh, like five oddly shaped uh, trophies. Oh yes, <laughs> that's true. Five very oddly shaped trophies. Yeah, I'm in, so intrigued in, in the, now. In the movie, they've got to uh, do as they do. Things that are out of the ordinary for them to be able to to access the powers of the other people, and like some of the things they have to do to access the powers. There's one particular fight which is just yes. so off the wall. It's yeah. just, you just I would never have thought in a million years you'd see a fight like this. It I'm yes, very intrigued. No. Well, I'm going to bring the mood down in a minute. So let's let's just all just take a moment. Um, just sit with ourselves, enjoy that um, because I'm about to bring the mood right, right down. down. Did you know that Fremantle has its very own art house cinema? You'll find Luna on Essex, midway along Essex Street in the heart of Fremantle, screening an incredible variety of niche, foreign language and quality mainstream films in comfortable and intimate surrounds. It feels more like your own home movie theatre rather than a cinema. Catch up with friends for a pre-show drink in the fully licensed Alfresco area or enjoy a glass of wine and a cheese platter during the movie. Check out what's on along with details of forthcoming films, festivals and added value events at lunapalace.com.au. Luna on Essex. So a, I saw a French movie this week. Um, I, I saw you last night at the Nicolas Cage film and I said if you'd seen it and you said not yet and I said holy S-H-I-T. Mm-hmm. Um, which was the review that I sent to Annette, who who sent the screening to us. But I meant it in the best way possible. Um, it's it's an, a flooring film. So I was so engaged in this film, right, that I had like, you know, when I get a screener, I get myself comfy, um, get myself some water and whatever. I was so enthralled by this film, I forgot to drink any water the whole time because huh. I, I did not want to take my eyes off the screen. Um this film is called Happening and it is a French film and it is the winner of multiple um, awards um, through multiple festivals, obviously. And it is written um, based on an autobiography of Annie Enox and I'm probably pronouncing that um, incorrectly, but she wrote an autobiography and actually a lot of her books are autobiographical and... Um, but this particular 
book um, has been adapted by a female director with a very intense female lead um, played by, uh, let's see if I can find her name, uh, Anamara Vatamole. No, Vatolome. Vatolome. I think that's how you say it. Um, I should have practised that before to give it the gravitas that it needed uh, because she needs gravitas. She has gravitas. She is gravitas. I will tell you what the movie's about now. Um, So it's set in 1963 and it follows a young woman called Anne who is um, at university. She's studying literature um, and I don't know if the university she is at is particularly Catholic or if it's just the time that it's set, but it, it is, um, it, you know, in that time period or wherever it is, France is not the France I, I feel like I know, like the very liberated, um, you know, sex is okay sort of environment. It is really quite um, not okay. Repressed. Very repressed. Thank you very much. Um, and ladies are not supposed to feel pleasure or desire or anything like that. Um, but they do. That's it's a spoiler alert. Women <laughs> feel desires. Um, and young Anne um, is a very promising young student and she's very smart. She comes from a working class family. So she's the first one to ever go to university. It's a really big deal. And she falls pregnant. And it's 1963. Um, and she really wants to finish her studies. She doesn't want to have this child. So there is really only one option for her and trigger warning this movie does talk about and quite explicitly uh, abortion and how to possibly do that yourself Uh, because in 1963 it was kind of the only option it was illegal Mm. she couldn't even talk about the fact that she wanted to do that because even her friends were like um we could go to prison just talking to you about this, stop talking right now. Um, so it's really intense and it it's it really is like a ticking time bomb in her own body and everything focuses on Anne. She is like, she is in every single scene and the camera is so close to her that you're kind of experiencing the experience as her um, and she's so emotive without showing like she's not over the top with her facial expressions but you can really feel all of those things that she's feeling there's not a lot of talking going on it's all just in a look um so unfortunately you know she has to investigate how might i do this myself um how might i find someone who can help me do this uh, what does that involve maybe and and then she goes to see doctors and of course they want nothing to do with it so it's a really interesting snapshot of that time period where abortion was illegal and even just talking about it could get you in jail it was a very very serious thing um but women had no choices then and unfortunately in a lot of countries women still have no choices and um it leads to them making drastic, life-changing or life-ending decisions about their body. Mm. So 
it's still an important conversation to have and I think this movie pulls absolutely no punches. It's um, directed by a female director. They worked closely with the author um, to to bring it to screen. So some of it is um, very close to the autobiography and others um, other bits are not. So she sort of just said, find the truth and everything mm-hmm. will come from that. Um, it's very confronting um, in some aspects and rightfully so because a lot of this stuff doesn't get seen, doesn't get talked about and I like a lot of people will be like, oh, I don't want to see that. That sounds terrible. I didn't cry at any point, which I thought I might. Um, it's just a really personal film, like not uh, not personal for me, but what I mean is like it just feels like you're in somebody's life experience. You feel like you're really a fly on the wall in, in that time period. So um, it's an incredibly incredibly made film, incredibly acted. Um, it is showing at Luna Cinemas now. I don't know if it's showing anywhere else, but it, it's out today as of the 14th. And um, I could go many ways at scoring this, but I'm going to be, um, I'm going to be nice and say I'm going to give this four and a half pens not not anything else. Pens. But, uh, she she's a writer. Yeah. She turns into a writer. So yeah. I think it's I think it's really important that uh, you know they, they have uh, movies like this because the thing is there's so many people that are like anti-abortion mm-hmm. but they never really put themselves into the shoes of somebody who's got to be facing these life decisions. Yeah. And like if you can actually empathise with people, then you may have an understanding of why they've got to do what they've got to do. And and so it's not exactly an easy decision. No, nobody wants to do that. No, it's not, and it's uh, so. It's, I think it's important because I think people like who are anti-abortion are just thinking, well, they're just using it as contraception, and they just get pregnant and they get an abortion, and well, they get pregnant that's again definitely get not what people no, are doing. They don't, and it's 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 yeah, um, it's it's terrible. And I think uh, that people just have to have a you know a, a better understanding, have some sympathy for for people. I do understand the the. Um, pro-life side of the argument. I really do understand it. I just think the option needs to be there because some situations are very desperate and um, it, it would never be a position I would ever want to be in and I would never want to take that option away from people because, mm. like I said, it's still happening but people put themselves in life-ending positions, you know, and it happened a lot. So, um, and we certainly don't want to go backwards and I think you know, America probably has a lot of issues with this continuing on, mm-hmm. but a lot of other countries, it's completely illegal, full stop. So it's not an, it's certainly not a, a, it's not a conversation that shouldn't be had because it's still going on. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, an amazing film, amazing film. Can you see why I said holy S H I T? I am I'm, I'm prepared to watch this one, so I've got got it's it there so ready good. to go, and I've heard really good things. And Honestly, I, think I was very engaged in your review there, so I'm I'm desperate to see it too. Yeah, it's really good. Um, 
I think we should talk about something else um, before I go into the next um, sponsor. Okay, well, we'll do, do that because we, uh, at the start of the show, before we went on there, uh, you were talking about uh, just finding it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Yes, I've been looking for something to watch and it popped up and I've just always ignored it. I've gone, oh, it's not for me, but I've started watching it. And this show came out back in 2006. Or possibly even long time ago, my brother was living in the states. A long time ago, and I've never really been interested. But I thought, hey, I'm going to give this a go, and I have. And it's just such an easy watch. But I realised how politically incorrect this show is. It's racist. It's sexist. It's um, every kind of thing. And I just every ist. Yeah, and I just realised that. To, it would not, like, for today's standards, if you created that and you bought it out right now, it would just not fly. Well, the, thing, <laughs> the thing is, though, that the, um, the way that they do the, the mm. comedy is that you're you know, not laughing uh, at racist jokes and things like that. You're laughing at them being, being so, so stupid. ignorant. Yes, <laughs> and that's the thing. They are so ignorant. Yeah. They are so stupid and I'm just... <laughs> They're just, who are you people? But, look, I am I just can't stop watching it. I it's, cannot it, stop like, watching. And, and the thing is you've got, uh, like, it started in 2005 and you've got 15 seasons. Yes. Of, oh, my oh, God. It's always sunny to watch. Yes. For and a commitment <laughs> phobe like you, I'm surprised. I know, but the thing is, is they're 20 minutes, 20-minute uh, episodes. You can right. get through a few in a night and it's such an easy watch. It, every episode's, you know, I think there's a couple of um, episodes where it's like, you know, um, Next, on next week's episode kind yeah. of thing, but mostly they just end and you've got, you know, Danny DeVito in there and I think it's just... Charlie Day. Charlie yeah. Day's in there. And I just think these guys are so stupid. And you're right, you're laughing at how ignorant yeah. and stupid that, that's they the thing are. Is, um, you got comedians who will make, uh, you know, racist jokes or sexist jokes or, or those kind of things, but the way that they're contextualising it is that you're, you know, it's not, you're not laughing at people for being a different race or sexuality or anything like that. You're racing, you're Sorry. laughing at the, the ignorance of the person, like the character they're portraying. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's exactly what they're doing. They're, they've been very successful at it. Yeah, um, well, I mean, 15 seasons. Yeah. Like, I mean, that that's incredible to and, keep. Is and, it still going? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. still going. They, because they, they just love doing it. So every year they'll just get together and they'll do their always sunny season and they'll go off and do other things. Wow. So what is it about? Okay, so... Okay, I mean, that's really stupid because that's like saying Seinfeld is a, mo- a TV show about nothing, but where is it set? Okay, so it's set in Philadelphia. I, other than that, like... <laughs> and they, they run a bar and... Paddy's uh, Pub. They run, oh, run an, an Irish, Irish bar. An, an Irish bar called uh, Paddy's Pub and then they're just always... uh just shenanigans, really. Yeah, they're just yeah, doing different Money stuff. Money-making schemes, yeah. latest trends, yeah. just wanting to yeah. be involved. But you've got, yeah, like three guys and, and one girl in the show. And I think it's interesting because I was reading that Dee, who is the female character in this show, uh, she was supposed to be... I think she's played by Caitlin Olsen. Yeah. She was supposed to be the kind of um, redeeming character. But eventually, or at the beginning, that's what they yeah. tried. But she's just as bad as, as the three guys, and if not worse in some points. So there's just no redeeming features for any of these characters. They are just all horrible people. There, was, there was one episode, uh, like in recent seasons, uh, called The Gang Turns Black. And when I saw that come up <laughs> oh as the god. title thing, I was like, oh my god, how the hell are they going to do this? And they actually did it in a in the you know the best way they possibly uh, could do it. 
yeah. So you'll, you'll have to wait for that because that's a, I was gonna say, quite a few it, seasons yeah, away. Yeah, <laughs> okay, cool. Interesting. But it's, uh, yeah, it's a, very, it's a very interesting show. Um, it's, yeah, as you said, easy watching. And, you know, Kat and I, we uh, watched through, through it recently. We mm-hmm. finished it. And now we've gone back to the start because there's a Always Sunny podcast. Ah. And so each episode they, they talk about the episode, but they really don't talk that much about the episode. They probably go into, like, tangents like yeah. we do. Yeah. But um, I, it just makes me want to buy a bar and work in a bar with my closest <laughs> friends. That's what it makes me want to do. Yeah. So there you go. Um, so where are you watching this? Disney Plus. Yes, Disney Plus. Thank Disney you. Plus. Yep. Righto. Which is home for all <laughs> the Which is ironic things. because I feel like Disney Plus should not have this on it, but it does. There well, are Disney Plus is a lot of naughty things. It's naughty, got that naughty. movie Fresh. Yeah, it uh, had um Pam and Tommy. It had Pam and Tommy. That's it. Um, it's it's for dirty stuff. Well, I mean, if you want to see a talking penis, where are you going to go? Disney Plus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, Jason Manzukas. His uh, finest performance ever. Finest performance. <laughs> uh, we've got one more film to talk about. Um, Nicholas Cage fans, eat your heart out. <laughs> You're listening to Unscripted, the film show. So last night your presence was, um, well, you weren't there, Lewis. Well, to be it was missed. To be fair, like on uh, on Monday, I went to the uh, the Spanish Film Festival, um, right? And uh, that that looks really good. There were some really good films coming up in that, but I will uh, talk about them uh, later in the month because it doesn't come out till the end of the month. Yeah. Then. Tuesday night I went to my mum and dad's for dinner and then last night uh, Jason and I are doing a thing called Spooky Quokka which is a, a vodcast uh, ah. where after we watch Moon Knight we uh, review it. Uh, but after you watch Moon all oh, the episode, the TV show? Yes. Right. And so it's a... So it's a video podcast. Yes. Does that mean it's on YouTube? It's on YouTube. Holy mackerel. I did get an invite to Spooky Quokka on my Facebook. I was like, what is this? And I was like, I haven't had a chance to look at it yet, but I will accept that invite. We're still, like, working on it. It's not not like the most polished uh, vodcast you're ever going to see, but it's fun to, you know, watch something and then just catch up with a mate straight away and then talk about it. Do you Zoom it in? Yeah, it's um, we do do it Zoom, but he's got this program where uh, he it's like uh, I'm on one bit of the screen and he's on another bit of the screen screen and then there's some logos then he uh, last night he was like putting in some uh pictures and stuff like that and we could talk about the pictures and those kind of oh that's really cool i well, like that's that. a bit fancy that yeah. is fancy i'm sure it's very good very yeah. good but then we talked about there was a thing um, we did a second one last night about uh, Jared Leto because he was saying that there was this controversy about uh, Jared Leto um, uh, being like not a nice An person and, yeah and well and like some stuff that sounds like it could be illegal and that sort of thing but it was only like um, on one kind of site that I could see so I, I it was kind of uncomfortable talking about it because it's not like it's something that's like you know, uh, actually out there in the media. Mm. That's it, it More of a rumour. It could be more rumour than reality. Mm-hmm. And I'm always a bit icky about that because, like, um, you know, if, if there is actually fire there and it's not just a rumour, then it's going to be more broad, widely broadcast. And at that point, you can talk you would, about it. You would think so. Yeah. But sometimes things happen and... and True, yeah, yeah. But yeah, that was that was like a, I'm legit. Like uh, I, I believe that uh, Army Hammer is a, an alleged, allegedly, um, a a uh, murderer. <laughs> <laughs> He's a killer, I think. <laughs> Isn't he a cannibal? He's Where does a he get his killer meat cannibal? From? 
Uh, I don't know um, if he actually does that, but <laughs> he, he allegedly does. does he that, okay. allegedly seems to be interested in those kind of things. It might, have, it might have been like a kink or like a, a like some sort of you know <laughs> fantasy. Yeah, like, which is weird. I, I I went down a deep dive. Uh, I, I listen to True Crime and Cocktails. Um, they Their podcasts are about three hours long mm. um, and they really, really, really delved into him um, and all sorts of crimes that seemed to be happening near him mm. um, or a place that he was working. And, um, yeah, just, just think he's, uh, yep. Something dodgy going on there. Oh, I think so. Mm. I, I don't think he's going to be working after all of that stuff came out. I don't think he's working anymore. Mm. He was always a bit of a D-bag, but, you know, I think um, the fact that he's borderline um, abusive to the women that he's been with in the past. Oh, uh, okay. Um, yeah. I don't understand, like, these... Like, people who are in the public eye, people who, like, you know, they walk out in the street and people take photographs of them, their whole career is based around like people liking them enough to want to go and see them in the movies or on TV. Why would you do like such stupid things? Because like, he's Ez- a psychopath. Well, I'm talking about like Ezra Miller. Like Ezra Miller, his career is just was just taken off, and now he uh, seems to have tanked his career. Yeah. By getting arrested several times. He was drunk. Yeah. I believe so. Yes. I mean, not that that's an excuse, no. but it really sometimes. People blame things on being drunk. I've never done any of those weird things when I'm drunk. Mm. I I got drunk on the weekend um, because it doesn't take me much. Mm. I had like two and a half gins or something and I was trying to explain to, um, to Dave, who we were with, um, that I'm a Cadbury kid and I could not say it and I said, I'm a canary kid. <laughs> <laughs> and Don't take me down a coal mine for God's sake. Yeah, they made, they made that joke too. Um, but, yeah, I just get really silly and can't say words properly, but people become truly abusive when they're drunk and sometimes I feel like it's scratching off the, the veneer mm. and mm. showing you what the person True is really colours. like underneath. Yeah. yeah. So, But I think yeah. Army Hammer is, is a legit psychopath, allegedly. Well, someone who hasn't tanked their career, Nicolas Cage. No, let's, let's move on. More than a hundred films for sure. I don't know. Hundred and five, exactly. I think. Hundred and five. It's in the it's in the trivia of the of the movie. Oh, okay. I was reading all the trivia last night. Well, I had he's back. to. He's back for more people. Not that he was ever gone. He was. He's never been gone. But the unbreak or unbearable weight of massive talent is his new film. Uh, do you want to synopsize this one or? Oh, look, it's his hundred and fifth film. By the way, thank you very much or for do you want me to for keep, trivia. Keep going. Oh, look, I might, I might give it a go. Sure. So um, this is, if you've seen like movies like The Trip where um, Steve Coogan and Rob Brydon play a version of themselves, it's kind of like that. Nicolas Cage is playing kind of a mythical version of himself. The viral. The viral version, version of himself. himself. Um, <laughs> well, that's what I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the meme version of himself. Um, you know, the version of himself where he spends lots of money on ridiculous things and he does he does too many movies Um and maybe doesn't make very good choices in in those movies, um, and he's running out of money. So um, in this particular version of Nicolas Cage, he is divorced with a a child, a a, a girl child, a, girl. That, a daughter, a daughter. A daughter. Thank that, you very is much, that Addie. Addie, that's Played right. By Lily Machine. Um, yes, who is the daughter of Kate Beckinsale? 
and Michael Sheen. Really? Yes. Which, mm. which I did not know until Cecilia told me last night. And I'm like, wow, she's a really good combination of the both of them. That's yeah. really like She got the best yeah. of the both. Just she did, yeah. It just says here, Lily Moe Sheen, Kate Beckinsale's daughter. It's like, oh, God, poor, poor Michael. Poor Michael. He, he He's, that's 50% of, of, of her genetics. Yeah. Um, but in real life, Nicolas Cage has two boys um, or two, two men. They're probably older kids now. Um, and he's had five marriages apparently. But So in this version, he hasn't had as many marriages, but he, do, does, he has had a divorce. Mm-hmm. Um, he's kind of um, deciding whether he wants to continue acting. He's having a bit of an existential crisis. Um, his agent's like, hey, um, you owe this hotel that you're staying at $600,000. Why don't you make a cool million? You've been invited to to go to this rich guy's party just to appear, you know, just to hang out, whatever. Um, and they're going to give you a million bucks. And he's initially not going to accept it because it's ridiculous, but he realises maybe he doesn't have a choice. So... Is it is it in Mallorca that it's yes yes okay yep so I think it was filmed in Dubrovnik and some in Hungary but um, it's supposed to be set in Mallorca um, he goes there he meets this mega fan um, in Javier or no Javi 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 I'm Javi Javi yeah I'm Javi I'm Javi um, <laughs> played magnificently by Pedro Pascal. Um, but it comes to light that he's maybe in a cartel of sorts. Um, and Nicolas Cage gets roped in by the CIA to assist them in taking him down. <laughs> but what happens is a bromance and it's beautiful. <laughs> and some drugs are taken. Um, it's, yeah, some, they watch Paddington 2. It's beautiful. I still haven't seen Paddington 2. Oh, it's really dear. good. Does he, does he turn, does Nicolas Cage turn this up past 11? Is it like, does he no, go full Nick Cage? In, in some elements he does. Can I tell you right at the end when I had a little bit of, I was getting a bit like teary because he was getting a bit teary. It's kind of, it's so weird because there's a younger version of Nicolas Cage in this movie that is talking to him, not throughout the whole movie, mm. but I think on three different occasions where he's like, what are you doing, man? You're a movie star. What is this? You shouldn't be doing this. Um, and it's it's interesting to see the relationship between him and his younger self because let's be honest, we all have a version of ourself that is talking to us at certain points in our life giving us advice that maybe is just bringing us down. Mm. And it's about taking in tr- control and saying, no, I'm actually not going to listen to that inner voice because you're not actually telling the truth. Um, but this this version of him is, it's what do you call it, the face thing where they... It, it was <sighs> deep, definitely... Deep, like a deep, deep fake, fake type thing. Oh, yeah. when I de-age him. Yeah, 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 but it looks really bad. But it, I think yeah. it's made to look really bad yeah. on purpose. purpose. It's not like yeah. they've done a bad job. Right. It's like they've done it poorly on purpose. So um, I don't even – take it away, Cecilia. I, think, I don't even know where to go from here. It's it's a very difficult film to I- explain, but I think it's got that blend of comedy. It's got the bromance. It's got the heart to it as well. And it's a real meta movie mm. celebration of, yeah. I suppose, Nick Cage – 
and his acting style because it brings in all of those types of genres that he's played in before. But I think yeah. there's a, it's a bit of a love letter to film in general as yes. well, I think, because there's that talk of narrative and, and story arc and, you know, they're trying to um, also write a script together, mm. uh, you know, as well. So I think it's really interesting. And I think when you ask Lewis, does Nick Cage take it to 11? He actually, he doesn't. He doesn't, not really, no. But... I think, and and you can tell he's not trying to steal the show in this either. No. He's really, but I th- I loved every minute of this film. Same. Every the people second. in front of us got up and left. I didn't even notice until, because they were kind of obscuring my view for a bit, and I didn't even notice they'd gotten up and left until a little while in. Mm. And I was like, oh, their heads are no longer there. Who would leave this movie? I don't know. But there's just some really, uh, it's that that real meta style Uh and I love that. And I think that Nick Cage as Nick Cage is my favourite. Nick Cage. Nick Cage. He was talking, um, so he did a Ask Me Anything on Reddit and I was reading through some of the answers and um, he gets asked, you know, what are your top three films that you've ever made? Um, and he talks about Pig being one of his, like, he feels like his best roles. Mm. He also talks about Leaving Las Vegas and um, another film which I can't remember the name of. Um, but, you know, in this film he and um, his young self and his agent, they all keep kind of saying the same thing as like, this is maybe going to bring me back, not that I ever went anywhere. Mm. And I'm feeling like after watching this, I was like, where can I watch Pig and where can I watch Leaving Las Vegas? He is coming back because I'm like, I want to watch some of this old stuff to remember why we all loved him so much because we did really love him and then he became almost a comedy version of himself and he does kind of overact in some cases. But I, I wonder if we're missing out and forgetting those good roles that he did. Yeah, and I so, think this brings that all back. Yeah. Yeah, because even though this is a kind of bizarre film in a, in, in some respect, mm. he's not playing a bizarre, overly bizarre character. No. He's playing a version of himself and I think that, oh, I just, I can't even tell you how much I love this film. I know. I, I just loved it. I really did. And it's it was so much better than I expected. I thought it was going to be all comedy. I thought it was going to be over the top. Mm. But it's not. It, there's a lot of heart to this film too. Yeah. A lot of heart and there's that bromance. But the comedy is so perfectly balanced too. It's not yep. too much. It's not in your face. There are moments where you laugh. There are moments where you cry. And there's moments where you just think, God, I cannot, good. I cannot wait to see this again, honestly. And, I mean, I, I was saying before the movie, if this movie is half as good as the trailer... We're going to love it. And it outdid itself. And there was some stuff we were expecting because we'd seen it in the trailer already. Yeah. I don't know if you'd seen the trailer at all. But there's a couple of moments in the movie where I was sort of expecting. And I was saying at the start, you know, I love Tiffany Haddish, but I think she's a bit too Tiffany Haddish all the time. Mm. And I think they used the right amount of Tiffany Haddish in this film. Um <laughs> She's she's always fun to watch, but I feel like she's a little bit one note sometimes. Mm. So how are we going to score this film? Uh, you're trying to wrap us up. You're oh, trying right. to wrap us yeah. up. Yeah, sorry. We're so excited about the film that we're like, okay, I'm going to give it um, two prosthetic... No, two? What? What? <laughs> I was like, what? Sorry, you know what was making me think of two is the two oh, guns. Um, no, I'm going to give it four and a half prosthetic noses. Oh, I'm scoring this a five. Five walls. 
Five, I, five walls. I was, I was trying to wrap you guys up because just so you could turn around to see this. Because I uh, know Quizzy's here. Yeah, Quizzy's show, which is next, is called Crate Digging. Mm. And in all the years that Quizzy's been doing his show, I've never actually seen him digging through a crate full of uh, CDs. But somebody uh, who like uh, works at the station had like been gifted a bunch of like CDs and brought them into the station and just left them there to say, take as many as you want. And so Quizzy is literally now crate digging before his show. I wonder if he's here, he can hear us. I don't think so. He's, no. he's really not paying attention, is or he? Or he's really involved <laughs> in his crate digging. Yeah. digging. He's digging. like, yeah, this is me, man. This I, is what I do. I did I did get a, a CD. Well, actually, Cecilia grabbed this one for me, uh, which is the soundtrack to the uh, 89 Batman. I mean, uh, it could it not have found perfect... Perfect, Even though you may already person. have it, have you a, might want to. Of course copies. he's got it. I own two copies of Detroit Rock City yeah. just in case I lose one. Yeah. So I, I've gone through, I'm on my third copy of the Alanis Morissette Jagged Little Pill <laughs> CD because I wore the first one out, had to get another one, wore that one out. And now you're on your third. Yeah, I so know. you can never have too many of uh, I think I think we're going to have to do a tangent city about physical media because uh, there's some stuff that's come up recently that's really annoyed me. But uh, we we haven't got time to talk about it now. We, we must really go. we really don't. But in honour of Nicholas Cage's love for Elvis Presley, I am going to finish. If you're listening to the live uh, on Radio Fremantle, I'm going to finish with a an Elvis song. Um, enjoy, and we'll catch you next week. Bye. Bye. This podcast has been brought to you by the gentlemen of pop culture.